At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. It's our place in sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology, and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 5 4700 It's Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. Off air, we're having a uh, Nelly jam session going on in here. How did we get on Nelly this morning? Oh, man. Good question. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin brought it up. He brought up, Kevin brought up, up. Kevin Kev shows up for the first day this week and he immediately <laughs> sidetracks us. He brought up like one of the most random Nelly songs yeah. ever. And then, yeah, I've just been playing the hits. So the question becomes, if you could only have one Nelly song for the rest of the eternity, you can't listen to any other, which is the, what's the answer? All right. It's probably country grammar for me, wow. but I'm really glad I just pulled up grills because I forgot how great of a song <laughs> this was. Kevin, Let me see your what? I'm going to go Dilemma, but that's sort of cheating, the one with Kelly Rowland, because that's really a Patti LaBelle song. But, you know, there's my choice. Anyway, we'll take all callers at 1-800-whatever. <laughs> It's like 106 KML James I, in here. Moreno's just singing in my ear now. I'm just going to give out his phone number one day. <laughs> just Call give, in here. <laughs> give Roberto Moreno on this. So we were talking about Shohei yesterday, or as Kelly says, Shohei. And it's just what we're seeing is it's beyond Babe Ruth at this point, right? His numbers, his career numbers stack up both pitching and batting at this point in his career very favorably to the great Babe Ruth. Uh, what about the Angels? Who, again, in the, uh, you know, this is Artie Moreno's hope Obviously, and every Angels backers hope that they get to the postseason and can actually make some noise. Can they win the division? A division where the Texas Rangers right now still clinging to a two-game lead over the Houston Astros. By the way, let me just say this. Five out of baseball's six divisions, second-place team within three games of first place, four out of six divisions within two. And this being one of them, the Astros, who took two of three from the Rangers uh, this past week, so... Looked like it was going to be, I mean, if they could have pulled off the sweep, that would have been something. But the Rangers still holding them off. Reigning strength of schedule we have on the uh, screen as well. And again, with with 60 games or 55 to 60 games left in the regular season, it's kind of incremental strength of schedule. But the Angels do have the toughest by far the rest of the way. Yeah. So the Angels, who are six out of uh, of the division lead, they got to play an aggregate win percentage of 517. That's the sixth hardest Remaining schedule in all of baseball. I'm not even going to bring up the Mariners, who are seven and a half back, who have the uh, third easiest 
schedule for the rest of baseball because the Mariners just offensively are such a disappointment this year. Julio Rodriguez being sort of the poster child of that. I don't think the Angels ultimately have enough offense. Like I don't trust them offensively to get here to the promised land, despite the uh, the acquisition of Lucas Giolito on the hill. I just don't trust them offensively. The Astros are doing this without your Don, really. And the fact that they're able to remain this close to the Rangers throughout with Alex Bregman sort of, you know, picking up the slack with Kyle Tucker having a great year. I still think the Astros are the team that's going to win this division. And this coming from a guy who my only season win total this year, pre-flop, was the Rangers over. Because for all the indicators I had, this was the over of all overs. Yeah, you really liked them. Loved them. Because of Pythagorean theorem, because of base runs, because of record in uh, close games. So the Rangers, to me, had all the indicators. They were adding DeGrom. Now, uh, admittedly, Nathan Ivaldi sort of took the Jacob DeGrom role. Um, but I think the Astros ultimately are going to nip them at the at the buzzer, if you will. And I think, by the way, in baseball, that is a monster thing, right? You get the you got the two teams that get the buys, and then you got the other four that have got to play a first round series. Right. So it's a it's huge. And we talked about this last year when I made all those Braves bets, seventeen Braves bets and plus money down the stretch to beat the Mets, which at the time people were like, "There's no way this is going to happen." It did happen, and then the Mets quickly perished, if you will, in the, uh, you know, in the postseason. Didn't, didn't get to a championship series even. So it's really the difference between baseball's regular season and then the postseason. Obviously, all postseasons are, quote-unquote, a different season. But in baseball, you go 162 games to determine the outcome of your standings, only to just get the cruelest of endings in a quick postseason series so, so I, yeah i think just more general questions so like th- th- this was i i think even just over the past month as i've been checking out these markets guild like just just a little bit surprised at some of the pricing and obviously I, you it was a good example of what you did with the braves last year what was that that was in august middle of august probably august. when you were mid, yeah, mid august those. or up to yeah. the end of september yep. um like you brought up as we led into this, how many how many divisions we have where there are there is a two game or less difference, yep. and like I, I'm just you know Reds plus two ten you could get them at right you can get Guardians plus two twenty with so many games remaining it's just it always feels to me like these dot like like there there's aggressive favorites set in these markets for some of these divisions where they're not leading by much. Yeah, in, in the two divisions we're talking about today, the AL West and the AL East, though. Yeah, like, not the case. Not yeah. the yeah, the AL West. Like I just don't buy the Angels, Mariners. Certainly not the A's, right? They can't right. mathematically. But the Angels and Mariners, I just don't buy them winning this division at a long shot price. I do think the Astros in plus money is still probably the play here. Do, do, am I racing to bet this? Uh, full disclosure: I do not have a bet on it, but that would be my bet. AL East is obviously more interesting because top to bottom, it's the best division in all of baseball. The Yankees at the rear, I do not at all believe in the Yankees and that offense Aaron Judge supposed to come back here in short order, finally, for the Yankees. But the Yankees are eight out uh, at the beginning of August. Two months still. That's still a long way to go. But it's not just that they're eight games behind the Orioles. And by the way, what a what a lovely thing to say for those of us who grew up loving the Orioles, that the Yankees are eight back. But they got to get through the Red Sox and the Jays and the Rays, talking about the division here, not the playoffs. I don't buy the Yankees making the postseason either, by the way. Though it should be mentioned as as... Ho-hum as they've been, they've hung around. Right, so it's not right. out of the possibility 
But I just don't think Brian Cashman has done a, a good job. That's the understatement of the year. We're just filling out that lineup. Red Sox look frisky. The Blue Jays never seem to have pitching and hitting working at the same time this year. And they their, their hitters have been, you know, a disappointment in the scheme of things from previous years as well. And then uh, those odds just don't seem long enough. And they don't me, seem long right? enough for the Blue Jays, right. I mean, you're four and a half back. There's a there's a team in between you in these standings. Yeah. And then you've got, and then you've, it, theoretically, you still got two chasers that are in it with the Red Sox and Yankees. I'm an Orioles guy. I love the Orioles. Grew up on the Orioles. I still think the Rays nip them at the stretch. Obviously, the Orioles and Rays right now, two teams here as the trade deadline approaches that are in super big need of starting pitching. We talked about how the the Rays lost Springs and Rasmussen earlier this year. The Orioles, this is their weakness. But I don't think, like, for the Orioles, do you give up one of your top – I don't know, their farm system is loaded. Do you give up one of your top ten prospects for a Stroman um, type pitcher at this point? Maybe you do. but I I don't know that you do because you're so set up for the future anyway. But, again, here's the issue, and I just got to stress this again. The difference in baseball is – the NFL, you play 17 games, and then it's a single elimination. Okay, I get it. But basically, you play 162, and then you play a best of three, right? So it's, you know, let's take last year again. The Mets led the NL East all the way to the very end, and then the Braves housed them. And then they end up three games into the postseason, done. San Diego beats them two games to one. You're gone. See you later. So being a wild card matters hugely. Like, the difference between the Orioles and the Rays going 1-2 either way is massive, right? Because, for for the reason stated. So, I don't know, maybe you do make that trade at the end, but I still think the Rays, who were 30-9 and nine and are 32-30, and 30, excuse me, 32-34 and 34 since, I still think they get there. But, again, schedule second hardest remaining schedule in baseball, 520 aggregate win percentage of opponents. If you buy into that kind of thing, I don't make that much of strength of schedule. But if you do, that's something to note as well. But, but the trade deadline's huge for these two. The Orioles thing is fascinating because I think, I, I actually, if I were in their shoes, I think I'd be buying. For every, everything that you just laid out, plus, I mean, in the past 20 years, yeah. how many times do we talk, like, how Few often, if you're the Baltimore Orioles, how often do you think you're going to get even an opportunity like this in this division? Well, they're set up for glory coming up. Like, they're going to be good for a long time. That's the hope. They didn't, the, the tanking didn't work quite as efficiently for them as it did for the Astros. The Astros, you know, two, three years of tanking, then they ascend yeah, and they right stay back. up yeah, top. Yeah. The Orioles... You know, they, they gave their fans a horrible product year after year after year, and now they're finally here. And this is a team, Kelly, this is before your time, but in the, in the 70s and 80s, there was something called the Orioles way. They were one of the great franchises in all of baseball, winning World Series, getting to World Series. So, yes, to your point, maybe you do make that trade, but the Orioles are plus 135, the Rays are plus 135. As tight as this division is beyond that, I wouldn't bet the Jays, Red Sox, or Yankees. I just wouldn't. So... Is it sexy enough to bet the Rays at plus 135 or the Orioles at plus 135? I hate to do a whole segment and they end say, no, not really, but kind of not really, at least for the division. Well, I'm going to give you one heads up. Yeah. Here's the thing. Baltimore's doing all this, and Mountcastle still hasn't really started yet. <laughs> he hasn't started hitting yet, Gil. Ryan Mountcastle, the official baseball player of primetime action. Every time we looked up at a screen, that dude was doing something outstanding. We'll come back. Let's talk some Women's World Cup. Paul Carr joins us. His thoughts on the games coming up. It's a good games overnight. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM, Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. Still to come this hour, Raheem Palmer joins us to talk a little Errol Spence Jr., Terrence Crawford. Got my bets in. We had Teddy Atlas yesterday. Looking forward to talking to Raheem about that. Are you betting it, Kelly? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bet I'm it. I'm so going to watch pumped. it. Big fight weekend. About to talk UFC here, too. But, uh, yeah. man, you know, what, you know what's most interesting to me is that they're going head-to-head UFC and boxing this week, right? Like, yeah. What was going on last Saturday night? Could have had a fight then. I'm, I'm thinking boxing promotion is not paying attention to that is my guess for a fight of this magnitude i kind of think both of them don't care about the other one uh, that's probably days. true you know i mean like ufc is doing stuff weekly i don't think they're really caring yep. too much what boxing's doing yeah yeah this ain't this ain't boxing from our childhood man nope. but this is about as close as it gets uh recently and we'll talk to uh raheem about that later but let's talk ufc 291 which uh headlines with the uh Fight for the mythical bet. Are you are you familiar with the mythical BMF belt here, Kelly? <laughs> yes, you know what I that am. Is? Yeah. My extensive research tells me that's something I'm not allowed to talk about on air. Uh, Jordan Sherwood joins us now to discuss UFC 291. Poirier and Gaethje, looking forward to this. How you doing, man? I, I'm good. I mean, first off, yeah, Dana White's not going to move any event uh, to help fans watch both a UFC and a boxing event. But quite literally, you'll probably see Dana White watching the boxing fight while the UFC fight is going on. So <laughs> Just, uh, that, that is certainly yeah. something to, to consider. And yeah, it is a big fight night. It's a big fight weekend, but that BMF title, it's mythical. I don't care about it. Uh, but we do have a very, very important fight in the lightweight division between uh, two former title challengers and Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey. Yeah. Who fought before and Poirier ends up winning it and does so fourth round. Um, what is different? What makes this fight? Why is this going to be any different than that one from several years ago? I think maybe the only argument you can make is a, the, the familiarity that the, well, there's three of them. The, the, the familiarity obviously that they have with each other going four rounds the first time go around. The second thing is that, you know, this fight will be at altitude it's in Utah. Uh, so you have to take that into consideration. All the fighters do uh, when they're preparing for a fight and, and a five round fight like this. And third is that, look, you've got a new champion in the lightweight division, and both guys have not fought Islam Makachev. So, uh, you know, both guys losing to Habib Nurmagomedov when he was the champion. If they make a statement, if they look impressive, you know, they could make an argument that they should be next for the 155-pound winner between Makachev and Charles Oliveira, which takes place uh, later on this year. So from a betting perspective, Poirier minus 145, Gaethje is plus 125 coming back, both 34 years of age. Uh, most casual UFC observers remember Poirier from uh, taking out Conor McGregor. Where's the bet here? Yeah, I, I think the bet is in, in Dustin Poirier. You know, again, skill for skill, how they're going to match up. He's just a, a bad matchup for Justin Gaethje. D- Dustin Poirier is well-versed on the ground if it, if it had to go there with submissions. But this fight's going to be contested standing. He's got the better cardio. He's got the better boxing. Uh, and I think Justin Gagey, you know, both of them have been in too many wars, but probably Justin Gagey, uh, you know, far more just because of his fighting style. So I think the play is absolutely Dustin Poirier to win the fight. I love him on the money line. The value you're getting there because of, uh, uh, again, the ways that he could win. But I think you also have to pay attention to the over at two and a half. I think there's going to be a feeling out process between the two. 
neither fighter wanting to make a mistake, but both guys are finishers. So I don't believe this will see the judges scorecards, but I do believe it will go into the later rounds, the championship rounds, like it did the first time that they met. Couple Pereiras also on the main card at UFC 291. By the way, we're talking to Jordan Sherwood from the unnamed MMA podcast, co-host there. Wood on ESPN 1000 on Twitter. Uh, Jan Blakovitz against Alex Pereira, who, when we last saw him, Israel Adesanya was uh, dispatching him, if you will. How do you stand on this? Where we're showing a coin flip at this point between these two. Yeah, it's a coin flip, and I, I think there's obviously uncertainty with what how Alex Pereira is going to look at 205, making the jump 20 pounds from middleweight to light heavyweight. He was always an enormous 185-er. He cut a ton of weight to make that middleweight limit. Uh, is his power going to carry over to 205? A lot of people believe so, but I think what you have to look at if you're going to you know, bet this fight is how did Jan Blachowicz perform against Israel Adesanya when he made the jump to 205, and he was successful. He made the fight a, a wrestling match. Uh, he took, you know, Israel Adesanya to the ground, controlled him. And I think he could do the same against Alex Pereira. Pereira is not a wrestler. He's a kickboxer that has had some good takedown defense, but really hasn't been in there with a guy that's going to take him down like Jan Blachowicz likely will. And also Jan Blachowicz does have a ton of power. He doesn't have a lot of knockouts to his credit, but he does have a ton of power. Uh, so I, I think Jan Blachowicz is, is probably going to be my play in this fight. It's a 15, it's a three round fight. It's not a championship five round fight. Uh, and I think Jan Blachowicz, again, his familiarity with uh, middleweight jumping up, the fact that Pereira struggles uh, with wrestlers or doesn't have his great takedown defense. And there's an uncertainty about his power being able to carry over, knocking out a guy the size of Jan Blachowicz, who has only been knocked out, I think, once. Uh, and that was against uh, uh, Tiago Santos a few years ago. Uh, I like Jan Bohovic straight up on the money line to win the fight. Okay, so so far Poirier uh, over in the Poirier fight, and then Blahovich here. Uh, let me ask you about one more, and then I'll let you go to to others that you see value in. But sure. just anecdotally here, Jordan, the Wonder Boy Thompson Michael Pereira welterweight fight is the one where I've sort of heard the most difference in opinion on. Where do you stand here? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with with how it's been bet. Pereira opened up as a big time underdog. Uh, he's still an underdog, but the money has come in on him. I just think there's questions about Steven Wonderboy Thompson being able to do what he does now at 40 years of age. You know, obviously an outstanding kickboxer. Pereira is a great striker, an unorthodox striker, and an enormous welterweight. Uh, he does have some wrestling, and, and albeit that Steven Wonderboy Thompson has been known for his takedown defense, it has, you know, you know not has been strong uh, since he's got older. Uh, so I, I think there's certainly value in Pereira. Uh, as the underdog, just because stylistically they match up very well. And Pereira's still extremely young, powerful, unorthodox, and can rely on that wrestling and that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I guess the one argument against it is that, again, going in altitude. Pereira has, is a guy in his previous fights, has been lately, but previously has struggled with cardio. He, he cuts a ton of weight to make the welterweight limit, so you have to pay attention to that. But I think there is extreme value in this Pereira to get the upset over uh, Wonder Boy Thompson uh, as part of one of the featured fights on the card. Yeah, this is, uh, and I think you agree with this, this is deemed a pretty solid card top to bottom here. What, el what else do you like? Yeah, I I'm paying a, a particular attention actually to Darius Flowers. He's taking a fight on short notice against Jake Matthews, a guy that's been in the welterweight division for quite some time. Very well-rounded, but Darius Flowers, from what we've seen on film, like obviously, he's making his UFC debut, so there's going to be some octagon jitters there. But he carries a ton of power. 
has got some wrestling, and Jake Matthews has been stopped in a couple of previous fights. So I might take a flower, uh, flyer, if you will, on flowers, flower and flyers, flower and flowers, however you want to say it, <laughs> uh, because again, uh, he might surprise a, a, a ton of people. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I will say also the the fight right after that, Roman uh, Kapalov, I think against Claudio uh, Ribeiro, uh, just it just has him beat everywhere. He's a pretty big favorite in the middleweight fight, uh, so probably stuff him into one of your parlays. Flyer on flowers, Kelly. You're not going to forget that one. Put it in the newsletter. Flyer on flowers. Uh, you a Bears fan? You what, can you tell? I'm going to say. <laughs> What's going to say? On? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been watching that video of uh, Justin Fields and DJ Moore uh, from two two days ago. Viral. Viral. And Justin Fields saying he doesn't want to appear on quarterback. The uh, the docu series that uh, debuted season one this year on Netflix. For he doesn't want to be in uh, season two. Let me ask you about the Bears and the NFC North. If you have an opinion on that, do you where, where do you stand on them in that division this year? Uh, I, I think that they're probably going to fall into into that that second place team, maybe that third place team. I think I still think there's a lot of holes, particularly on defense. Uh, you can't get much worse than three three wins. Uh, I think they'll dramatically improve. Fringe playoff team, but I, I think it, you know we're going to be shocked and say that the Detroit Lions are the class oh, of the man. NFC North. As, okay. as, 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 Difficult as it is for to say, uh, I think they're one year away from actually surprising a lot of people. All right, all the bets that you gave us in UFC 291, and I assume, my, correct me if I'm wrong, that we got all of them. If not, let us yep. know. What is the what is the one that if you only could make one of them, which is the one you're making? I just think it's it's again it's the comfort in Dustin Poirier. I mean, he's one of the best we've ever seen. He's nine and two in his last eleven, only losing championship fights. Uh, and I just think that he's got Justin Gagey's number and Justin Gagey time after time has said, Hey, I'm going to change up my game plan. I'm going to go out and wrestle. I'm going to be smart. He gets into a firefight and he gets into a firefight. He's seen his mirror image. It's it, you know, there's a reason it's Dustin and Justin. I mean, they're same age, same losses to the same guys, same number of time in the octagon. Like it's so weird. Dustin Poirier, I think, just has his number, and that's the fight that I'm most comfortable in. And I'm just curious about this because I loved boxing as a kid. Do you, you're old enough to remember the heyday of boxing as well. Do you care? Yeah, I, do you care about it? No, I, I, I've, I've fallen off. I think I think it's lost its luster and all this other stuff with Jake Paul kind of you know inching in. Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. Who knows what that's going to happen? So yeah, I won't be. I'll be watching too. I miss the days. I miss the days of Tyson. You know fighting in the heavyweight fights or the Evander Holyfields. That's my era. That's I'm 42. So that's what I remember. But uh, this fight card, if you're going to tune into a UFC fight card without a title fight, this is one to watch. It's going to be an outstanding card top to bottom. All right. A vote for UFC from Jordan Sherwood. I could have expected that. How you doing, Jordan? I appreciate that. It's like, because you like boxing at all? He's like, no, not really. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm absolutely pumped for it. I'll be flipping back and forth. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it, man. All right, Dale. Thanks, Seth. Jordan Sherwood, everybody. At, uh, on Twitter, that is. You can follow him on uh, ESPN, or I should say uh, ESPN, Wood on ESPN 1000. He's always switching around his Twitter. Have you noticed that through the years? Mm, yeah, yeah, he's had to change a couple times. Wood yeah. on ESPN 1000. Where are you on this, Kelly? You are UFC on Saturday? I'll tell, I'll tell you what, that uh, I hadn't really looked at these numbers. That Jan, Jan uh, Blachowicz number uh, did surprise me to see it was that short. I'm, I'm probably jo- joining Jordan on that. It so. got shorter, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. Irresponsible betting Saturday. That's right. Coming up. Oh, gosh. This Saturday? It's like the perfect one. Are you kidding me? All we need is a horse race in the middle of the day. (laughs) It'll complete the whole thing. Thankfully, nothing to point to there. We'll come back. We'll talk AFC West next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. It's the final week to sign up now for only $19 at VSIN.com slash subscribe. Big fight weekend. Crawford, Spence Jr. Cannot wait for this. Uh, my bets are in. I got a bet uh, on the under 10.5, taking a lot of bang for my buck on that, over uh, $2 plus 229 on that. And I am leaning, uh, I am leaning in and betting. Uh, Terrence Crawford in this unified welterweight title bout, the fight of the year. And to help us navigate through the bets, we bring in Raheem Palmer, who joins us, co-host of the East Coast Bias show on the uh, Ringler Gambling Network. How you doing, Raheem? Good to see you. I'm good. Life is good. I can't complain. We got a big fight coming up this week, and I'm super excited. You know, this year we've been getting all the big fights, so it's it's great to finally see it happen. You are a big boxing guy. Were Were you always that? Yeah, I just always was. I just always loved boxing. I mean, I'm mostly known for my NBA, but boxing is just something I've, I grew up on. I've always loved. So um, it's always great to go out to Vegas and see the big fights. So um, I, I love it. All right. Before we get to the boxing, then, since you mentioned the NBA, where have you made any season? Have you made any season long bets in the NBA? Where do you stand on Dame Lillard? What's your what are your thoughts there? I haven't made any season long bets already, but I'm looking at the Toronto Raptors under. I think they're going to be like they're going to be horrible. <laughs> so I'm looking at their under. I'm also kind of looking to take the Memphis Grizzlies over. That stands out to me. And then I also like the Cleveland Cavaliers over. I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've added a, a ton of shooting. So those three teams are on my list right now. All right. We, we were throwing up on a side screen here. Where will Damian Lillard play next season? And the Heat are the big favorite now at minus 250. Blazers, 4-1 to one are the uh, second shot here for him to just stay in Portland. What is your instinct? Does he start the season in Portland and then get traded later at this point? I think he's going to I think he's going to Miami. I, I think they're going to get a deal done. I just think they have to get other teams involved because – Right now, the Portland Trailblazers, they don't want Tyler Hero. I mean, like he's kind of like they're at the point where he's kind of hamstrung in them at this point because he only wants to go to Miami. So I think they're going to honor his wishes. It's unfortunate because we're at a point now where the star players, they just have so much power. And I think he's going to exercise it. I think he's going to Miami. All right, let's talk some boxing. T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night, a fight that has been anticipated for many years. Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford. The favorite, minus 150 for the unified, undisputed welterweight title of the world. I was mentioning yesterday with Teddy Atlas, this really, you know, gives great memories to those of us who have followed boxing for so many years in the welterweight division. This was Hearns Leonard won to unify the welterweight title. Trinidad De La Hoya, Pacquiao Mayweather, and now this. What about the side? What are your instincts telling you about two undefeated fighters? Okay, so we're at minus 150 right now. I think you saw some sharp money come in on Terrence Crawford early, but the numbers got bet down. Me, personally, I want to stay away from the side just because I think this is a really close fight. When I look at these two fighters, you look at Errol Spence, he's typically the busier fighter. He's typically throwing like 70 punches around while you have Terrence Crawford who's throwing around 30 punches around. And he's a guy who's a notorious slow starter. So I think he's the more talented fighter, but you got to remember he He's coming into this fight, and Errol Spence is the bigger fighter. Now, 
Terrence Crawford has stopped all seven of the guys that he's faced at welterweight, but I think Earl Spence has fought the 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 tougher competition at, at welterweight. So this is a really tough fight for me. I think Terrence Crawford has the ability to make adjustments. One of the things that stands out to me is that when you look at their fight against Porter, Crawford knocked out Porter, but I think the big thing that he did in that fight was that he was able to limit Porter's output. Porter threw 744 punches against Earl Spence, and against Crawford, he threw just 347. So I don't think Spence is going to be as busy this fight as most people would expect. So I'm staying away from the side. I know Crawford has the ability to make adjustments, but Spence is the type of guy who, if he gets off to a fast start, he can win a decision. Yeah, and Sean Porter, as I've mentioned before here on the show, he has said, after having fought both, and as you said, split decision against Daryl Spence Jr., knocked out by Terrence Crawford or stopped by Terrence Crawford, uh, that he, if he had to make a bet, and he it wasn't easy for him, but he said if he did in the end, it's Terrence Crawford for him, um, echoing sort of what you're saying. So if not the side, then Raheem, what's the bet for you? The bet is to go to distance minus 210. I think that's up to minus 220. Like I said before, I think Terrence Crawford is going to limit Earl Spence's output. But at the same time, when you look at Terrence Crawford, he has the ability to make adjustments. I, I, I think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be a high-level chess match. I think like you're looking at almost like a Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather-type fight. I don't see either of these guys getting knocked out. And you look at, look at Earl Spence's fight against Danny Garcia. He didn't stop Danny Garcia. I can't reasonably expect. Like, to me, that's the floor for Terrence Crawford is I expect him to do as well as Danny Garcia. Now, I know Styles makes fights, but I just don't see either one of these guys getting stopped. So I, I have to disagree with your your underplay. I, I think you go over, but I think you can get um, the fight to go to distance at minus 210. So let's go, let's go down the, the boxing betting conspiracy ra- rabbit hole here for a second because – I was saying how last, you know, Triple G Canelo, when I, you know, I bet tri- Triple G was convinced he won. I think this was the second fight between them, if I'm not mistaken. And I vowed, I was like, I'm never. It must have been the first fight. Or it was the first. I want to say it was the second, though. At the first fight, I thought Triple G certainly won also. But I also was convinced he won the second fight. Um, but either way, I, I came out of there. I'm like, I'm not betting this anymore. It goes to the scorecards. Who knows what the politics are behind this? And, yeah, I mean, if you've bet boxing, you've been burned by boxing at some point. What to the theory, and I know there is a clause in the contract that says there's a rematch here triggered before the end of the season, before the end of the calendar year, but what's the outcome? If we were to go down that rabbit hole, what's the outcome that generates the most interest in fight number two? Let's ask it that way. Hmm. I think it's a close decision. Like, I think that's, that's the one that's going to generate another um, more impact for the next one, just because if somebody gets stopped, then I think you're going to look back at both of these guys and say, oh, this guy didn't fight anybody, and nobody's going to want to see the second fight. So if you see somebody get stopped, then it, it, it kind of kills the excitement. Like, look at the fight we had the other day with Anyway versus Fulton. I mean, this was supposed to be a big fight, and Anyway absolutely dominated him. So... Uh, I think you're looking at a close decision if you if if you really want to see this rematch clause get exercised. I don't know that you do, but we're showing the other uh, fights on the card. Do you have any plays on any of those beneath the? Uh, the main I don't. Um, I actually don't. I'm just I'm mostly playing the big one. Um, I know they added the Nonito um, Donaire fight to the card, but I don't have anything on that. All right. So now that Crawford Spence Jr. is finally happening to whatever result tomorrow night, 
What's the fight out there now, Raheem, which will which is the most anticipated? Because this obviously, you know, we want to make this for years, and it's finally happening. Obviously, Spence Jr. got in a car accident, delayed his career to some extent, um, and we've seen him fight since a couple times. But we finally have gotten here, and and thankfully, it's not like waiting five years for Pacquiao and Mayweather, five years beyond when it should have happened. What what's the matchup at whatever weight class that's the one that boxing fans anticipate the most now? I think it's by far in the lightweight division. You go to Javante Tank Davis versus Shakur Stevenson. I mean, that division is absolutely stacked. Obviously, you had Devin Haney. He's the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. He's probably going to vacate that and go to 140. But in that 135 division, it's just so many guys in that division. And I think the top two that people want to see is Javante Tank Davis and Shakur Stevenson. Okay. Uh, Raheem, always a pleasure. Let me Let me exit with this one. What's the the script of the fight tomorrow that would shock you the most? An early knockout by one or the other? Like, is that the thing that you'd be like, what? Oh, yeah, that, that, that's that would that would absolutely shock me if Terrence Crawford got off to a fast start and, and stopped Spence. That would like stun me, and like I, I just don't see that happening. Just because I think both guys have such huge respects for each other's skills. And the fact that we know Terrence Crawford is a notorious slow starter and then Spence is the bigger guy, if he stopped him inside of like six rounds, I'd be absolutely stunned. Raheem Palmer, everybody. Good to see you, Raheem. Good to see you, too. Enjoy the fight. You can follow him at I am Rostadamus. How about that? Rostradamus on Twitter. Uh, check that out. Again, the podcast is the East Coast Bias Podcast on the Ringler Gambling Show. Uh, Spence Crawford tomorrow night, which, again, the fight of the year. And for those of us who loved boxing, like this is super exciting uh, to get into this. And and for those who are in Vegas this weekend, because we touched on this yesterday, we should probably mention this again. Do not assume that this is being shown at sportsbooks. In fact, it is not, generally speaking. You kind of have to, if you're in a casino, you kind of have to find these bars that exist either within the casino or then I guess on the strip, some might have it too. But that's kind of... Or, or obviously you can, you know, if you're at your residence, that's a different story. But if you're just visiting Vegas, your options are kind of limited. Oh, I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty much like everywhere else around the country. Call ahead of time. <laughs> Double check that they're yeah. going to be showing it before you go in. I'm going to be in LA. I'm doing that. Because I'm like, I'm not going to be at home where I can just buy it. I got to figure that out as well. But my, my whole weekend sort of revolves around it. Cannot wait for this. Uh, 35-year-old Terrence Crawford, 33-year-old Errol Spence Jr. for the undisputed welterweight crown. Both undefeated. Something's got to give. Kelly and I wrapping it up with our best bets of the weekend. Next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.